Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. That's last Sunday morning, and uh, they were like, man, your worship team was awesome, but they said, that pregnant girl that's drumming and singing all at the same time, they're like, wow, she is awesome, and I'm like, I know, God's blessed us, yep, so praise God, isn't it good to be in church this morning? You know, I was thinking, this is just a side note. Um, as we were doing the announcements, we had made mention of the fact that we just need individuals that will serve our children because they are the next generation, right? How many of you know that there's a need to pour into their life because whatever we pour into their life is what they become? And uh, Katrina said in the announcement, she says, if it would be in your heart or if it just is in your heart to do so, let us know. How many of you know that sometimes there's just a need that needs to be met? Right? Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily like cleaning up after my child that just got sick. and You know what I mean? But I don't just leave it there thinking, well, I don't like doing that. No, there's a need. And so I just step up and take care of my child, right? And so there's times where individuals say, well, I just don't feel led to go help with the kids. Well, I'm going to buy some little pieces of lead. In fact, I'm going to get my tackle box. I got some lead waiters, you know, sinkers, and I'm going to put them out there. We're going to make them free of charge. We won't even charge you for them. But therefore, when you come in, grab one of those little lead sinkers, put it in your pocket, and then as you're digging for your keys and you feel that little lead, you're like, oh, I feel lead. (laughs) Yeah, I feel lead. What do you feel lead to do? Go help kids. You get what I'm saying? You don't always have to have a leading on the inside. You can just say, man, there is a need, and therefore I'm going to help, and our kids are worth it. Don't you say amen? Amen. 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 Praise God. So enough said. I thank you in advance. Don't rush all at the same time, single file line, and just going to sign up for that, all right? No chaos. We want to set a good example for the kids, all right? What's that? Yeah, because after I just said something, they're going to be flocking to go sign up for kids' ministry. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, sometimes these front row people just mess with you, you know, and it's just like, you just need to, you know, shutty. <laughs> Anyways, hey, this is uh, week number five, I believe, of our series called Breaking the Back of Lack. And this is something that the Lord has said to us that this is part of the mandate and the assignment that God has called GVC to be a part of, and that is to break the back of lack or poverty within this community. And we've been spending several weeks talking about some of those things, but obviously we haven't talked about money. We've just been talking about areas that lack or poverty creeps into our lives. And you realize that If we have areas of our life, in fact, for that matter, let's just say you had a boat and you were out on the water uh, just fishing or boating, and and all of a sudden somebody started putting five-gallon buckets in your boat full of water. Well, your boat was once empty, but it starts getting filled with water and water and water, and pretty soon after enough 
buckets of water have been put into your boat. Your boat is now sinking, right? Well, you might say, well, I've got a bank account that's filling, filled to the brim, running over. But there could be areas of poverty and lack in your marriage, in your family, in your health, in your mental health, all kinds of areas. And you could have a full bank account, but still have a life consumed with poverty and lack, right? And so we're going to continue to address this subject of breaking the back of lack. Now, just to kind of start us out this morning. I wanted to share a a story that my dad shared with me just yesterday. And it's exciting because what he shared with me is really the whole premise of breaking the back of lack. My dad, he's a golfer, and so he was out on the golf course in his league, I I believe it was, two weeks ago. He said he was talking to one of the gentlemen there, and he was an older uh, gentleman that's on the league. And this gentleman was telling my dad that, you know, my, my, my my health is failing, and uh it's just a matter of time. I'm already in hospice, and it's just a matter of time before it takes over. And so my dad said that he was kind of just stirring and chewing on what the man had told him, and he said he saw the man sitting there under the pavilion at the golf course, and he said something kept stirring on the inside of him, thinking, I ought to go talk to the man. I ought to go find out if he's got his eternity taken care of. And he said, but you know, just kind of got pulled, go golfing and come back. And he said, I just, I just didn't do it. And he said, man, he said, all week long, he said, man, it was just gnawing at me. Here this guy tells me he's dying, and I don't know whether he's going to heaven or not. And I had an opportunity to tell him, but I didn't tell him. And he said, man, it just kept gnawing at me. He said, Lord, next week I'll, I'll get him. So he said he went to the golf course this past week and he said he saw the man before the golf course or before the league started. And he says, hey, I want to talk to you afterwards. He says, sure, okay. So they golfed and they got back into the clubhouse and uh, got under the pavilion and dad started talking to him. And dad started talking to him. And dad found out that he wasn't going to heaven. And so right there after playing golf, my dad got to tell him about Jesus. And right there, my dad got to lead him in a prayer to receive Christ into his life. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Come on, give God praise. Yeah. Amen. See, I'm talking about breaking the back of lack. And there is no greater lack in a person's life than a person that doesn't have the ability or have the assurance of eternal life with Jesus Christ. Amen. But just in that example, it really ties in with the, the key scripture that we've been camping on for the past several weeks. And it's over in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. It says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use this liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Now, we said that that word liberty is defined as privilege exemption, and immunity. There is no greater life of privilege than the man or the woman that has made Jesus the Lord of their life. But that also tells us that not everybody will live that life of privilege. Not everybody's going to receive Christ. And even the life that Jesus came to give as believers, not everybody's going to live the life of, of exemption, immunity, and privilege that Jesus came to give the body of Christ. But notice what it said. Don't use this privilege as an opportunity just to serve you, but to serve and love one another. See, the example of my dad, 
He said, you know what? There was something that was stirring me to go, but my flesh was saying, eh, I'm busy. What will he say? What will he do? And so there was something that talked him out of that the first time around, right? Isn't that how a lot of us live our lives where God prompts us to, to, to love people, but we end up not doing it because our flesh says, I don't want to. What will they say? What will they think? But he didn't let that get the best of them. He said, listen, I'm not here just to serve me. I'm here to serve and love people. And he came back around and helped that man experience the liberty, the freedom, the exemption, and the immunity from hell. Amen. And that's what God has commissioned every single one of us to do in this life. Now, concerning this life of liberty, of privilege, of exemption, of immunity, as I said, it's a choice that we make. But we also saw this over in Leviticus. We said that concerning poverty and lack, a simple definition is when it doesn't reach. See, that man could have continued to experience poverty and lack had my father not reached, right? There's areas in our life that we experience poverty and lack in all kinds of areas because there's things that don't reach. It don't make the mark. It doesn't go far enough. And so once again, we're going to continue to look at this in regards to this idea of breaking the back of lack. In Galatians chapter 1, backing up just at the beginning of the book, there's some things that really begin to correlate. And really in this entire book, the Apostle Paul is addressing this issue of living this life of liberty or privilege. He says this in chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. He says, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of God the Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, there's a few things that I want you to see there. He says, now, Jesus came to save the world from their sin that we might be able to escape this world. But there's more to it than just escaping this world and going to heaven. He says that we would be, that we, he might deliver us from this present age of evil. So therefore, God says his desire, and it's according to the will of God that we saw. So in other words, God wants to deliver us from this present evil age right now. So in other words, there's something in this world that Jesus came that we could experience something different. And that wasn't a life full of destruction, a life full of despair, a life full of disaster, a life full of disappointments. He said, I came to deliver you from that. And that word deliver means this. He says, I've come to choose you out. He says, I've come so that you would be selected, a person from many, a person that would be rescued. You see, God's chosen all of us, but not everybody will respond, right? And he says, I've come to set you free or to rescue you. So that means that there are things that are going on right now in this life that God says, I came that you could be rescued. And that's part of the privilege that you would have exemption and immunity in this life. 
So we could say it this way in regards to Jesus coming and setting us free. He came to help us through these things of life. Now here's the thing. God said that in this life, as long as we live on this earth, we're going to go through things. He says, don't think it's strange. Everybody does. He says, but I came to rescue you. So we could say it this way. For us as believers, those that have received Christ, those of us that choose to live this life of privilege, even though we go through things, we go through things. How many of you are going through something right now? I am. But see, there is the side of individuals that say, I'm going through things. There's something that I'm dealing with right now, and I'm going through. But then you also know those individuals that when you talk to them, how are you doing? I'm going through something, right? You talk to them tomorrow, how are you doing? I'm really still going through it right now. 20 years later, how are you doing? I'm still going through. See, God never intended for you to go through this life with all this evil stuff. He said, I came to rescue you so that even though you face it, you go through. Amen. So that doesn't mean that thing that comes knocking on your door has come to take up permanent residence. It's just come to knock out your door. And you don't have to open it up and let it in. You can shut the door in its face and say, no, not today, buddy. Amen. Depression, mental health, disaster, sickness, trouble in your marriage. No, shut the door. Does that mean you just turn a blind eye? No, you're going to go through. We're going to go through this. Why? Because God said, I've come to deliver you, set you free. I've chose to rescue you out of that. So you're going through. Amen. See, isn't that good news? Because, see, a life of poverty always is talking about going through. (laughs) Right? Come on. The people that are always struggling financially. How you doing? Well, (laughs) they just got the tone in their voice. Right? When they come to ask you for money, they get that tone in their voice, and they're getting ready to set you up. Um, You know, it's been really rough. Man, (laughs) come on, are you tracking with me? But God says, you don't have to go through this life with the evil stuff messing with you. He said, evil stuff's going to come and try to mess with you, but you'll go through. Why? Because we have exemption and immunity as a result of what Christ came to do. Why? Because we have chosen to break the back of lack. And God's grace to help us get through those things is more than enough. And it will break the back of that which is not reaching. Let's continue to look at this in Galatians chapter 1. Because as I said, the whole book of Galatians really kind of ties in with this idea of purposing to live this life of privilege that we've been called to liberty. He says this again just to remind you. He says, Jesus came to deliver you from this present age. It is the will of God. But in verse 6, notice what he says. He says, but I'm shocked. I'm shocked that you have turned away so soon from God, who calls you to himself through love and mercy of Christ. 
You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. So what's he saying? He says, you made a decision to follow Christ. He says, you have forgiveness of sin. Jesus came to deliver you from this present day evil. It is the will of God. And you began to experience it. And the only way that you experienced it was because you made a choice to start walking with Jesus. But Paul says, doggone. If that isn't just the darndest thing. I mean, you've been experiencing it. How is it that you have turned so quickly from walking with Jesus and started listening to other things? Are you out there? When you come to church and you start hearing the word of God and you start talking about the things of God and you talk about God's faithfulness, you you ought to be able to leave church thinking, man, praise God, God's good. We can do this thing. And hopefully that's how you leave church. But you know, you leave church on a, High note thing, yep, praise the Lord. Another week, Monday comes, we're ready to do it. But Monday shows up, so does the devil. <laughs> Let's do this thing. And he starts messing with you, right? And before you know it, on Sunday you were hearing how great God was and that he's getting you through. And then Monday comes and you're thinking, dear God, I don't know if I can get through. Because the bills and the stories and the lies and all the junk of life, Right? He says, you've started listening and following other things. You realize, now again, don't misunderstand me, but there are things in our lives that can become a pull on us, whether it's going up north, whether it's going to the golf course, whatever it may be, where it says, This seems like this is a better time right now. I'm going to have more fun over here. When God says, there's where the freedom is. You you tracking with me? Not Not to say that there's anything with going on vacation. Don't misunderstand me. Or, you know, you'll... I've heard this before. You know, people get fired up for God and then they start watching National Geographic. And the National Geographic starts talking about evolution. And how we came out of a mud pit and this was the slime little ball that crawled up on. And they're like, man, I got so confused. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I know I believe in God, but man, they just created such a convincing argument that, man, I'm just really struggling right now. Well, why do we struggle? Because all of a sudden, there is a, another something that is presenting itself, another gospel, something that seems to make sense in some way, and we start listening to that, and we get pulled away from the liberty and the freedom and the privilege that God said, simply because we gave place to other things. Is that making sense? And there's all kinds of things that can become that. It can become your wife, your husband. It can, come be, can become your children. It can become your occupation. It can become your bank account. There's all kinds of things that can say, hey, I present a good alternative of good news. Come spend time with me. When all the while that God is saying, I want you to learn how to experience this liberty and freedom through me. How does it come? How does it come that you started to experience that privilege? It began 
by hearing the word of God. Remember, the apostle Paul says, I'm shocked that it hasn't taken very long at all for you to get pulled away. If individuals come to church and make a decision to serve Christ with a sincere heart, out of a desire of God, I want to know you, instantly life begins to change. Every single time, if you've received Christ into your life, I'm not talking about fear. Well, the preacher said I'm going to go to hell, so I better receive Christ into my life. If you receive Christ out of fear, you'll live under that pressure all the time that you walk with Jesus. But he wants you to experience liberty. And if you said, God, I want to receive you into my life. I want to know you. I want to love you and be loved by you. The moment you do that, something begins to change. And when you come to church, you're like, man, when we worship God, I feel God's presence. When I hear the word of God, it's like the pastor speaking right to me. And I've heard that time and time and time again. Why? Because God did something in your heart, and it's starting to resonate with your spirit. And that's what God said. He set you free. But the Bible says this. Once you hear the word... Once you start experiencing liberty, once you start getting happy and excited about knowing Jesus, the Bible says immediately the devil comes to steal the word. Or in other words, present something else. Present another gospel. Come and enjoy this. This presents more fun. This will bring satisfaction. This will give you joy. Right? He says, the enemy will come to steal the word. He says, he'll come to choke it out. In other words, get you busy, get you distracted. But it's the word of God that begins to illuminate your heart to understand the privilege that you have. Notice what it says over here in Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, again, we're looking at what Galatians has talked about this life of privilege. Verse 9 says, But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? Are you seeing that? He says, you experience the freedom and the liberty, but you allow there to be something to pull you back into that life of slavery. You broke the back of lack, God began to meet the needs. He began to fill the joy. But you turned and you went back to the old life of just struggling and being beat up. Do you know you can be a Christian and be that individual right there? Just beat up, whooped, discouraged, defeated. Why? Because we've not continued to walk in our relationship with God. Amen? Do you understand what that means? Because, see, you can walk with God and know Him, and then you can choose to not walk with God. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're not a Christian. You see, my father, he and I have a good relationship. We are in fellowship, even though he is my father. But if we broke fellowship, that don't change the fact that he's still my dad, Right? I just don't have the relationship with him. And God's the same way. 
He says, I don't want to just be your father or your dad. I want to know you and have a relationship with you. But notice what it says here again in Galatians chapter 4. He says, they zealously court you. What courts you? These distractions, these things. He says, they zealously court you, but not for good. Yes, they want to exclude you that you may be zealous for them. Oh, come on. Doesn't that just sound like a part of the trick of the enemy? God says, listen, if you come walk with me, you experience privilege, you experience exemption and liberty and freedom like never before. But the enemy comes in and says, ha, 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 look at what you're missing. And they told you you can't do it. <laughs> and they st- you start looking at it thinking, well, gosh, I must be missing it. And you start craving whatever that is. And then the devil says, well, no, you know they say you can't do that. You can't have this. And the more you crave it, the more zealous you get for it because they start, it starts getting dangled out in front of you like a carrot. Right? Come on, this is a trick of the enemy. And it's simply to get you out of a life of freedom, of privilege with God. To get you back into a life of lack, of poverty, rather than experiencing God's best and God's goodness. Can you say Amen. You see, the pull, the pull of that thing that zealously pulls on me causes me to see or look differently. Let me give you an example. I've recently, you know, you've heard me uh, announce it. I've recently got bifocals. And so that's kind of helped me to see all of you on a Sunday morning. Because there was a time when all I had was readers so I'd have my readers on and I could see my notes real good. But I would look up and I would see all you and you all kind of fuzzy. Now, for some of you, I'm glad that you were. But no, <laughs> they're not here this morning. All you I like to see. Okay, so don't, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> but see, depending on what kind of glasses I was wearing affected what I was seeing. And so if I don't learn to walk this life with God, allowing myself to grow in a relationship with Him, all I will do is see with nearsightedness. And that means I'll only see what's around me. And I'll operate from the natural side of my being, trying to get through the present day moment. And I'll be mustering up all my faith just to get through the present day circumstance. And therefore, I live from day to day, week to week, year to year. But God says he wants us to not live in this place of bondage to where all I see is what's in front of me. But to get to a place of where I trust God to where I have farsightedness. What does that mean? That means that am I dealing with stuff right now? Sure I am, but I'm going through. And therefore, I know that this isn't just an area of lack. This is just a moment where I'm going through. But because I've got farsightedness, I see down the road what God desires. And therefore, even though there's a hiccup right now, it's not going to move me because I can see down the road. My heart is full. I have privilege and immunity with God. And therefore, I know where I'm headed, even though there's things going on right now. Right? But if all I do is get pulled from my heart to know God, I get sucked back into this life of getting caught up with the old struggles, the way I think, the way I act, the way I talk, and I just live from day to day. See, God desires 
for us to truly experience that privilege where we break the back of lack. We're not just going through this life. We're going through. I heard a story just recently of Joel Osteen. Some like him, some don't. And whether you do or don't, that's not my issue. He's a man of God, been blessed by God. And his blessing might bother you a little bit, but nevertheless, God's blessed him real big. But here's the story. He and his wife, this was early on in their ministry, they were pastoring the church that their dad's, his dad started. And they were in the market of buying a house. And so in conversation at the church, obviously he probably announced it or whatever, saying, yeah, you know, Victoria and I were looking to buy a house and yada, yada, yada. Well, so there was a businessman that had attended the church and hearing him say that, hey, I, I heard you wanted to, you're looking to buy a new house. He says, why don't you come over and look at my house? Because we're, we're just getting ready to put it on the market. He says, all right. So he goes over to the businessman's house and sees the house. It's beautiful. And it's very large. And they walk in and they're like, wow, this is such a beautiful home. He said, but this is so much more than what we, what we can afford. He says, well, what can you afford? He says, well, what are you asking for the house? And I can't remember. It was like a million or a million and a half for the house. And the businessman says to him, well, what did you get approved for? He said, we only got approved for 190. He says, I'll take it. He says, what? He says, you got approved for 190? He says, yep. He says, I'll take it. But your house is worth a million or a million and a half. I know. But you got approved for 190? He said, I'll take it. House is yours. See, people get all bent out of shape about the blessings of God, but oftentimes the blessing of God costs a whole lot less than what you paid for what you did for you because God just got it to them. Amen. Are you tracking with me? See, I'm talking about looking beyond your present circumstance and saying, oh, dear God, we're just getting through this thing, but understanding we're getting through because God is taking me through, and he's already said I've got a life of privilege. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's about getting your kids into college. Maybe it's your physical health, your mental health. Maybe it's your marriage. Whatever it might be, you're not just trying to get through this life, barely getting by. God says, I'm getting you through. And it's a matter of trusting him and saying, God, I'm exempt. I'm immune. I know I'm going through something, but I'm going through. Amen? You know, just in my own personal life, this is just with the, the last uh, few months. My Taurus, my Ford Taurus, it was a good car. Uh, in fact, let me just say, share this with you. It, it, will you indulge me? It's just an opportunity to brag on God. But, you know, my kids started getting a little bit older, and we had the, the truck. And so my wife and I, because we came into the office together, it was real easy to carpool together. But once the kids started getting older in school and all that, it really made it hard back and forth and whatever. And so I said, God, I said, we need a new car. I said, I don't know if it is, you provide the money for it, you get us a new car, somebody bless us with one. I just thank you that you're providing a new car. Within a month, there were some individuals that came. And when they came to our house, they came for the week. They drove in from where they were. And then they said, oh, listen, can you drop us off at the airport? I said, well, why? I said, well, we're just going to leave you our car. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. God provided the need. Well, we drove that car for probably three, four years. 
and then the transmission went out on it. So we were down to the truck again. And then we're like, God, need a car. Well, then somebody else came along and said, hey, listen, you know, I've got a really good car. It's, it's a little bit older, but it's in good shape, runs well. Would you need a car? Right? As a matter of fact, I do. Well, here, let me just sign this over to you. Praise God. Free cars. Man, I've been getting free cars for the last few years. Well, see, those pastors, they always have big highfalutin payrolls, so therefore they can. No, listen, I got my car a whole lot cheaper than you. Free. Free. Come on, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, my truck, just about a month ago, my truck, the motor blew up or whatever it was going on. And so, I called one guy in the church here that has helped me out in the past. He said, well, that's kind of above my pay grade. And he says, you know, I just, you know, there's just more to what I can get into right now. He says, but check into so-and-so. So I check with so-and-so. And I'm like, man, that's still up there. It was like close to three grand. Went down to Patsy Lou. Patsy Lou told me one thing, and then they told me another thing, and then they told me another thing. Well, that was going to be anywhere from 3000 to 5000 I'm like, whew, a lot of money, and my truck's old. And then this other guy, the one, the one that I talked to in the first place, he said, well, hey, I work with a guy. He says, I'll let you talk to him, and he says he can possibly help you out. So I called him. I don't know the man, never met the man. He just works with a guy that goes to our church. And the guy said to me, he says, I'll do it for $500. I said, you mean parts plus $500? He said, no, I'll just do it for $500. I'm like, are you sure? He said, yeah. I took it over, and he says, well, there's one stipulation. He says, my kids are in sports. He says, it might take me the better part of a week. He said, but as long as you're okay. I said, I'm okay. He called me a day and a half later. He says, hey, truck's done. So there was this Thought of, man, I'm going through. Oh, dear God, I don't have a car. It's like all oh, this money. It's like three to $5,000. Oh, dear God. And God says, what are you fretting for? We're just going through. I've already provided multiple thousands of dollars, $500. Whew. My wife says, you're taking me out to eat. <laughs> we saved so much money, you're taking me to a nice place. <laughs> What am I talking about? I'm talking about God causing us to live a life of exemption and privilege and breaking the back of lack. You do not have to go through this life of just going through, but we're going through. Let me say this one last thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. It says, because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. The King James says, according to the grace of God toward me. That word according in the Greek means this. I have been dominated by. So in other words, this is what it's saying. As a believer, I've been dominated by the grace of God to do in my life what he wants. And therefore, it's not difficult to build because of the grace of God. And because of the grace of God in my life, it's helping to serve other people in their life. Amen? My challenge is, my challenge for you this morning is to say, God, dominate me with your grace. Dominate me with your love. Dominate me with your power. 
so that my life can experience the life of privilege, breaking the back of lack. Amen? Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to challenge you right now. You say, how do I live a life dominated by God's grace? It's simply making the choice to say, God, I want to surrender my life to you. I give you my life. I make room for you in my life. Friend, listen, it's not just a matter of saying, Jesus, come into my heart. You might experience salvation and eternal life just by confessing Him as Lord. But unless you make Him the Lord of your life, you'll never experience the privilege, the exemption, the power of lack-breaking substance in your life. So this morning, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you're at that place in your life where you're saying, God, I'm ready to take the next step. I'm ready to be committed. I'm ready to not follow after some other gospel that seems to look good, that causes me to be zealous for something over there. But I want to be zealous for you, God. And therefore, I want to experience all that you have for my life. If you're at that place in your life, if you're ready to experience that liberty and freedom, if you're ready to go through, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, that's you in this place. You can say it out loud. If you don't pray it, then your neighbor will know. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your grace, which is your power in my life. I purpose right now to surrender my life, to give you my all, to be zealous for you and nothing else. And when I give you my life, you give me all of yours. And therefore, I ask you right now, God, to consume me, consume my heart, consume my mind, consume my marriage, consume my family, everything about my life, I give it to you. And therefore, I break the back of lack right now in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life